One Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Uh, I hope that wherever you're at this morning, uh, you are sensing the presence of God. Maybe if there's one thing that we've learned in this season that we've been in is that God is not limited to one place. Uh, Wherever we are, there He is because we are the temple. And so I hope you're experiencing and sensing the presence of God. I hope that as we are worshiping the Lord, that faith is rising in your heart today for what God is wanting to do in your life. And I want to continue today uh, as we uh, have been over the last few weeks in the book of Acts with a series that we are calling The Movement. And if you're just joining us now, uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the service today uh, that this may be a little different than what you have been used to or what we've been doing in recent weeks because we are actually gathering in person this morning for the first time on a Sunday morning for the first time in seven months in Lock Haven Park. And uh, so uh, if you're able to join us, we'd love for you to join us. If not, uh, we still want to be together this morning. So if you have your Bible, why don't you grab it and turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 2. And uh, I know that uh, this looks a little different today. I'm, I'm here in our little studio area just speaking to you this morning on my phone, but the Word of God is still powerful wherever we're at. And uh, we've been in this series for several weeks that we've been calling The Movement. And uh, we are looking at the book of Acts and, and really the earliest uh, picture of the church, the early church. And we are asking the question, what is the church? What is church? Uh, Oftentimes, uh, we go to church, we're involved in church. Um, I work for a church, but sometimes we don't even stop to think, what is a church? And uh, too oftentimes, we allow maybe our own tradition uh, to define what the church is, or maybe it's just the latest trends that we see on Instagram, and we think, well, that's, that's what a church is. Uh, But we really feel that it's important for us to go back to the Word of God and ask the question, what is the church? What's God's design for the church? What's essential? What's not essential? Not to deconstruct the church, but really to clarify, to improve what God has called us to be and to do. Uh, I, I was reminded recently of times when I was a kid, we would have garage cleanout days. That was kind of a a thing, maybe once a month, every other month, it felt like we were doing garage cleanout. And on garage cleanout day, we'd have to pull everything out of the garage and uh, we'd clean out the garage. And then we wouldn't just throw everything back in. We would, we would look at it and my dad would oversee it and we would say, okay, what do we keep? Uh, What do we uh, get rid of? What do we keep? But maybe we need to reorder it so that it's better used. And I think that's kind of the season that we're in as a church. Everything has been pulled out. All of our programming, all of our plans, uh, all of our routines have been kind of disrupted. And now we have the opportunity to ask the question, what is essential? What is not essential? What's God calling us to be and to do so that we can be better moving forward? And so that's really why we are studying the book of Acts. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this series, uh, I believe that church may be different than what we've thought, 
but better than what we've dreamed. And so today I want to pick back up in the book of Acts chapter 2. And last week my dad introduced Acts chapter 2, which is really the most beautiful uh, snapshot of the church in the New Testament. And so we're going to take some time over the next few weeks in the book of Acts, or in the chapter, uh, Acts chapter 2, um, we don't want to rush through it. And so I want to pick up in Acts chapter 2, verse 40 today. The scripture says this, Acts chapter 2, verse 40, after Peter had preached the gospel, it says, with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Can you imagine that? And they continued, listen to this, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. I want to speak to you today a message that I'm calling magnetic community. Magnetic community. And I don't know about you, but when I read this passage of scripture, there's something in this passage that just draws me in. There's something in it that makes me say, I want to be a part of a community like that, a community that in spite of its flaws and shortcomings and imperfections is a spiritually powerful community. And that's the kind of community we see in the book of Acts chapter 2. They were loving each other. They were eating together. They were uh, they, they were meeting each other's needs and, and people were just being drawn into them. But one thing that I want you to notice about this and that you can't help but recognize when you read this passage is that these people love to be together. They just loved meeting together. In fact, verse 46 is where I want to draw your attention. It says that they were continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They were meeting together. Not just weekly, as had been their tradition when they were uh, Jewish, uh, and they continue to be Jewish believers, but before they were followers of Christ, they met weekly, but now they're meeting daily. They're getting together. They're in each other's homes. There just seems to be this draw to one another, and I believe that should be the case for every follower of Jesus, that we should want to be together. You know, some people often ask the question, do you have to go to church? Which is a bit of a misnomer because church is not a building. Church is a community. Nothing wrong with having a building. In fact, we are looking for a building. and We'll be sharing more information with you about that in the days to come. But the church is not a building. Church is not even an event. But in spite of that, the, the reality is, if we are a part of the church, we will want to be together. There's something that happens in the heart of a 
believer who's been transformed by the Holy Spirit that just wants to be together with other Christians. So if you ask the question, uh, do I have to go to church? That's like asking, do I have to breathe? The answer is no. Nobody is going to force you to breathe. But if you want to live, it's a good idea. The same is true of gathering with other believers. And of course, in this season, gathering has looked different than it has in the past. But nonetheless, for followers of Jesus, we love to get together. It's what we do. Uh, Birds chirp, dogs bark, and Christians love to get together. Of course, there's other things that we do and in a service on a Sunday morning is not the most important time during the week, but we love to meet together. We are drawn together. Uh, we, We become magnetic to one another. And, you know, a a magnet, we're all familiar with magnets, but I don't know if you know how magnets are made. Magnets are actually made when an electromagnetic force or current is uh, applied to a piece of metal. And it takes that piece of metal from just a normal piece of metal and it turns it into a magnet. Through that electromagnetic power, it turns that piece of metal into a magnet itself. And I think the same is true when the Holy Spirit comes into our heart, when we truly understand the gospel, that God loves us enough that he is drawn to mankind, that through Jesus Christ, God has been drawn into humanity. And when we receive that truth, the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts. When we become a Jesus follower, a Christian, when we are born again, We are not only drawn to God, but we then become drawn to one another. There's a transformation in our hearts that, you know, in the past, we often were repelled from one another. Sin is repelling. We we try to get people together, the world and all of its, um, you know, technology and all of its scientific advancements tries to get people together. And I don't know if you would agree with me, but I think if you look across the world today, in spite of all of our advancements, you would have to agree that we just can't figure out how to get people together, how to bring people together, because ultimately sin pushes people apart. Sin is like uh, it causes us to be like oil and water, that we are repelled from one another. But when the gospel comes into our heart, the good news that God is drawn to us and that he has demonstrated that through the person of Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts, we become magnetically drawn to other people. We just want to be with other people. This is is seen oftentimes when somebody first comes to Christ. They just want to be at everything. They, they, They Think, you know, when is the next meeting? When's the next gathering? When's the next worship service? I just can't get enough. Why is that? Because the the gospel, the power of the gospel, the power of the Holy Spirit causes us to become magnetic to one another. We are drawn to each other. And so you don't have to go to church, but if you're a follower of Jesus, you'll want to gather with other people. In fact, if we don't want to gather with other believers, we need to ask the question, have we really received the gospel? Have we really received that transforming power of God into our own hearts? Uh, Human nature on its own is repelling 
relationships are repelled. No matter how hard we try, there's breakdown in relationships. But when the gospel comes into our heart, there is this magnetic draw into community. And I, I want to encourage us because I know in this season we've been scattered and I think there's been some good things that will come out of this, some, some things that God will continue to use moving forward. But I just want to encourage every single one of us that regardless of whether you are gathered in person today, whether you're gathered in a house church or with your family at home or whether you're gathered just online in this forum, that it is essential for Christians to gather. It is essential for Jesus followers to meet together. It's what we do. And this was the pattern of the early church and it needs to be the pattern of every single one of us. So I just want to remind you today that, that God is wanting us to be a magnetic community. He's wanting us to be people that are drawn to one another. Maybe you've allowed life and this season that we're in to just kind of lose the pull of community. But I believe that as we receive the gospel, we remember the gospel, we meditate on the gospel and the Holy Spirit transforms our hearts that we will be drawn together as a magnetic community. There's something that happens when we gather together physically that, that cannot be replaced in any other form. And again, we can gather with, you know, whether that's in a stadium of, uh, of other believers as a church or whether that's uh, under a tree in a park like we're doing today or online. Uh, there's lots of different ways to gather. But when we love Jesus, we love to gather with his people. So I want to give you just a few thoughts today quickly of what happens when we gather. Why is it essential for Christians to gather together and what happens in our lives when we gather together as a church family? The first thing that I want you to see is that when we gather, we care for the hurting. When you gather with other believers, uh, we are able to care for one another. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 1, 26, that when one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. That's true in our physical body. You know, if I hit my thumb with a hammer, the blood from other parts of my body rushes to that part to care for that part of the body. And that is true that uh, we need to be connected with the body so that we can care for one another. We, you know, oftentimes when we're hurt or when we're going through difficult circumstances, there can be a temptation to draw back from community, to, to not show up to a house church or to not show up to connect group or to not show up for a church gathering. But those are the moments we need to gather the most. Why? Because we need one another to care for us. We need to care for one another. I experienced this recently, even just a few uh, weeks ago, Jennifer and I were headed to a house church gathering as we've been visiting the different house church gatherings. And as we were going to this house church gathering on this Sunday in particular, it was kind of a tough day, a stressful day. And for some reason, we got into a little bit of an argument. Well, a lot of bit of an argument on the way to the house church. And to be honest, I just parked the car on the road and was like, I don't even want to go. Uh, I hope that's not uh, upsetting to hear that your pastor has moments like that. But we're all human. We all have those kinds of moments. And I just thought, I don't even want to go to house church. I don't want to be around other people. I just want to be angry. I want to be upset. I want to be by myself. And uh, that's what I want to do. But when you're the pastor, you don't have a choice. You have to go. And so I went and uh, we just kind of, you know, 
put everything aside. We worked it out enough to kind of be able to go in. And so we went in and uh, we were having a, a good time talking with everybody. And then at some point uh, we began to pray. Somebody said, let's spend some time praying together. And I, I just felt so strongly before we pray. I said, guys, I just have to tell y'all, I need y'all to pray for me. I said, Jen and I got into an argument on the way in this morning and, um, you know, not a huge thing, but I said, I I'm just struggling. I don't feel like I can really even pray this morning, or I just need to confess that to you guys. I don't want to put on some sort of, you know, church face uh, because I need help too. We need to care for one another. And the truth is, if I had not been in that environment, I would not have been challenged to bring that to my brothers and sisters. And so when we gather, we are able to care for one another. And every single one of us, if you're married, you have conflict. Uh, if you're a parent, you have challenges. If you are single, we all face difficult times, difficult moments. And those are not the moments to draw back from community. Those are the moments to lean into community. Right now, as a culture, as a nation, we're going through tremendous uh, strain and stress and difficulty. I just want to encourage you, don't draw back from community, lean into community. Even if you don't feel comfortable gathering in person, you need to actually be more intentional to be a part of our Zoom uh, house church that happens on Sunday mornings or Alpha Online or other ways. We've got an early morning prayer meeting online. So there's other ways for you to connect, but we need to do that because we're caring for the hurting. The second thing I want you to see is that when we gather, we function in our gifts. When we gather, we function in our gifts. In fact, all of the passages in the New Testament that talk about spiritual gifts are all in the context of a church community. The Bible says, the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul says in Romans 12, 4 to 5, that we are many members in one body. And all the member, members do not have the same function. And that is true. In the church body, there is a diversity of gifting. There's some people that love administration. They love to organize things. And there's other people that love to uh, pastor people, care for people, help people in their problems. There's some people that are like, don't tell me your problems. Uh, you just need a plan. And there's other people that are like, tell me your problems. You need a hug. Okay, so we've got different giftings. And of course, uh, far more than administration and pastoring. But all of our giftings really find their fulfillment in the body. It's just the same as my hand. To use my illustration of my hand, again, comes in handy, pun intended. Uh, but my hand, uh, a hand by itself isn't very useful. In fact, if you remember the Adams family, that little hand that just walked around, uh, a hand by itself isn't useful. It's weird. Uh, but when it's on the body, it becomes very useful. I feed myself. I brush my teeth. I drive with my hands. My hands are very useful. If I fall, I can catch myself with my hands. So my hands in the body are very useful, but by themselves, it's just weird. The same is true for each one of us. Every one of us has been given a gift by God. There's not just a few people that have gifts. Everybody has gifts. But when we don't use our gifts in the context of the body, we become out of balance in our gifting. 
And really, we become weird when we don't spend time with other believers helping to bring balance into our lives. We not only miss out on their gifting, but we miss out on the fulfillment of the gift that God has given to us. And so we need to be gathered together so that we can release giftings in one another. Every single one of you has a gift. Every one of you has a part to play. There are no parts of the body that, that could just be cut off and disconnected and wouldn't be missed. The same is true in our church. Every one of you is important. Every one of you plays a critical, crucial part. Don't let this time cut you off from the God-given calling and the place that you have in the body. Number three, when we gather together, we demonstrate the gospel. We are demonstrating the gospel to the world, the gospel that, that tells us that God is drawn to humanity because of his love. He is drawn towards us. And when we gather together, we are physically demonstrating the gospel to the world around us. We are telling the world that we love one another because God has loved us. And so I want to encourage you to recognize the importance of gathering. Again, whether that's in a house church community or whether that's church in the park or another event that is happening or even online, uh, find a way. Don't just put church on the back burner for this season, but find a way to gather with the body because in this we are demonstrating the gospel. You know, when people see the church gathered, there's different political perspectives, different ethnic uh, backgrounds. There's different, uh, you know, personal family histories and stories. But we are all gathering together and we are demonstrating the gospel that we are many individuals joined together in one. And so it is essential that we gather together. In fact, Leslie Newbegin uh, was a missionary who came to the United States, or actually came back to Europe. He, he was a, a British missionary who had gone to India and then came back, and he recognized that that it was uh, really the unique role that the church could play in demonstrating the gospel. He said this, that the um, the church is the primary hermeneutic for the gospel. In other words, the demonstration of the gospel uh, is uh, manifest through the gathered church, that the world looks at us and recognizes that the gospel is true. And so I want to encourage you, make it a priority to gather together. So the fourth thing I want you to see is that when we gather together, not only are, are we caring for the hurting, not only are we functioning in our gifts, not only are we demonstrating the gospel, but we also are modeling to our family. Those of us who have kids, those of us who don't have kids, all of us are a part of a natural family. Uh, but when you come to Christ, you are born again and joined into a spiritual family. And Jesus talks about this in Matthew 12, verse 48, when he's approached by some people who are asking, actually, he's approached by his family, uh, his mom and his brothers. They're coming to him. They're calling him and needing him. And he says, who are, uh, who's my mother? Who are my brothers? Those who do the will of the father. In other words, he's saying, uh, I recognize that I have a natural family, but I also have a spiritual family. Whoever's doing God's will is my mother and my brother's. But it's in the context of the church family, our spiritual family, that, that we actually model 
especially to our children, what it means to be a part of a family. You know, uh, in our natural families, uh, there is uh, the need to teach our kids how to get along with their siblings. Uh, we learn that in the church. There's a need in our natural families to help our kids to understand authority and order that God has put in place ultimately so that they would submit to him. And we model that as parents, as we are a part of the local church submitted to the authority of the word of God, the leadership that God has given us. We are demonstrating to our kids. You know, it's hard for us to say, um, you know, uh, do what I say be obedient to me as your mom or as your dad and not be obedient to the authority that God has put in place. We tell our kids to do their part, do their share. We model that by being a part of a church family, by serving one another, by caring for one another in our local church. And so when we gather together, we're modeling to our children what it means to be a part of a family. The last thing that I want you to see in closing uh, that when we gather together, we are forming our character. We're forming our character. In the words of Dallas Willard, you are becoming who you will be forever. We are being formed into a certain kind of person. That's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And the Bible says this in Proverbs 27, 17, that as iron sharpens iron, so uh, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend, or so one man sharpens another. And we need one another to help form our character. And in the context of the church and gatherings, both large gatherings and small gatherings, uh, public gatherings and personal gatherings, we are being shaped into a certain kind of person. By being involved in the church, you are, you are forming your character. You're forming your character into the type of person who gives to others in need. Our own human default setting is not to be generous, but to be selfish. But in the context of the church community, we become the kind of person who gives to people who are in need. In the church community, we learn how to be the kind of person who can get along with difficult people. Because in church, not everybody is easy to get along with. Not everybody agrees with me or with you. And we have to learn how to get along with people that we may not normally get along with. And that is shaping us into that kind of person. In the church, we're going to get pushed out of our comfort zone, pushed out of maybe what we are used to relationally and the kind of people that we want to be with relationally, but also using our gifts and we, if you want to be the kind of person that is willing to take risks, that character can be formed in the church. And, and I want to encourage you today that we need each other, that we need each other to care for one another. We need each other to release the gifts in one another. We need uh, one another to demonstrate to the world around us that the gospel is true. We need each other to model to our families what it means to be a family. And we need each other to help form our character. It's not always easy. It's not always even pretty, but the outcome of it is good. And so I want to encourage you, even as the book of Hebrews encourages us, to not give up meeting together. Don't, don't give up gathering together in every form that we can, whether it's online, through church online, whether it's through house church, whether it's through a larger gathering. Don't give up meeting. 
God has called us to be a, a magnetic community, to be people that demonstrate and live lives that demonstrate the gospel to the world around us. And so I want to pray for you, even as we close. Maybe you don't feel that drawing in your heart. I believe ultimately every one of us needs to have a, a greater revelation of the gospel, of what Jesus has done for us, that God has in Christ reconciled the world to himself, drawn us in. He's magnetic to you. He loves you. Therefore, we need to love one another. He wasn't content to just be at a distance. He was drawn to you. Therefore, we should be drawn to one another. And so, Father, I pray today that wherever we're at, whether we're gathered in person or gathered online, Lord, let our hearts be joined together, Father. Like that old song used to say, bind us together. Lord, I pray that today you would bind us together, join us together. Father, for those who feel disconnected, I pray, Lord, that you would allow their hearts to be drawn together this morning. Father, thank you that even as you were drawn to us, you were magnetized towards us because of your love towards us. God, I pray we would be magnetic to one another, drawn together in Jesus' name, I pray. I thank you for it, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. We're going to be back together for church online all together next week. And I want to also encourage you, stay tuned with everything that's happening on our website. If you go to ocparkdistrict.com, we've got a Friendsgiving event coming up. It's going to be great. We'll look forward to seeing you soon.